All This podcast is brought to you by All This International, supplying your expert AI and digital transformation staffing needs across the US and Europe. Today, you are listening to our AI in Action series, where leading minds in AI from across the world share their story, success, and advice. AI in Action cuts through the hype and explores the true impact of artificial intelligence in our world today. You're listening to AI in Action. I'm your host, JP Valentine. Our guest today is Will Shapiro. Will is the head of data science at Flatiron Health. Will, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Great to be here. Yeah, we're delighted to have you. So, Will, let's start with yourself, please. Could you give us a bit of a background and overview of your journey in technology from where you got started, some of the roles you've held along the way, and take us up to today as the head of data for Flatiron Health? I, I actually started my career uh, in pure mathematics. Um, so originally I was really interested in algebraic topology. And the other thing about me is that I've always been interested in how math and computation apply to other disciplines. Um, so when I had started my PhD, I realized I really didn't want to be a pure mathematician, but was really more interested in the questions of how math and computation can affect other fields. So. From that, I actually went into architecture, like physical architecture, not computer architecture, and was really interested in the ways that, again, like things like simulation and parametric modeling can affect the building industry and construction. So I've had a pretty windy route. I got really hooked on data science and machine learning right after architecture school when I got my first job as a data scientist. And the project that really captivated me was working on the recommender system for Beats Music. And the challenge there was working with this team of expert musical curators and figuring out how to scale their understanding of music to the addressable musical universe. So I, I love music. It was fun for me as a music lover to be kind of tweaking recommender systems and seeing what came out. But the other piece, which connects, I think, to my current role is that this challenge of thinking about how to work with experts and really scale their understanding was really fascinating to me. And so from that project, the company I was at, which was contracted to do that, ended up getting acquired by Spotify. Um, and I went over to Spotify and I was leading a research team within the analytics org that was focused on farther out projects that weren't immediately tied to Spotify products, but actually ended up making their way in over the next couple of years. From Spotify, I went and started a company called Topos that was all focused on understanding cities and neighborhoods through data and machine learning. The premise was basically there is an enormous amount of geotag data, but a lot of it exists in messy, unstructured formats. So things like photographs or food blogs or street grids or tax returns. All of these things are, are really insightful for, for understanding a place, but they need substantial transformation in order to be useful in a kind of skilled uh, manner. And I did that for about four years. We were hit by COVID fairly badly because we were focused on kind of small restaurant groups as our go-to-market. And 2020 was not the time for small restaurant groups to be thinking about opening up their next location. So I came over to Flatiron for a couple of reasons. The mission really spoke to me, which is to improve and extend lives by learning from the experience of every person with cancer. I had been 
dealing with some cancer in my family. And I was thinking a lot about actually like how machine learning in particular could really understand what was going on and potentially like impact cancer care in a profound way. So I had been thinking about that on my own and then was really excited to to hear that I could join Flatiron without having a background in biology or really like health technology. Will, thank you so much for that background. Great to learn about your fascinating journey and for a few reasons. One, because you've worked on some really cool and impactful stuff and we have you to thank for those odd songs that pop up that we thought we would never hear and then they're in our playlist. But also the fact that you've landed at one of the, the leading and technology data organizations within healthcare and health tech without necessarily having a, a related background and feel, which I think is always great to hear. So we've had Flatiron on the show a, a few years ago and learned a lot about the work that you guys do there. And you've touched on the mission and what led you to Flatiron. But I want to spend a bit more time giving the audience, again, a look behind the scenes so our audience can and visualize what it's like day to day. Flatiron are, are, are well-renowned in this space, but it'd be good to learn your role, your team, what you guys are working on and, and how you're utilizing data science and machine learning to ultimately try to help physicians and doctors combat and cure cancer. So my team, which is... It, it, Within Flatiron is called the Data Insights Engineering Team, but I think the kind of <laughs> the shorter version of it for external purposes is the Data Science Team spans all parts of Flatiron's business. So to give a super quick overview of Flatiron, um, Flatiron partners with hundreds of cancer centers across the U.S. They, they built a, an EMR that helps all of those practices run. So there's over 280 community cancer centers and eight major academic centers that are using Flatiron products to help run their operations. Um, and so one side of the business is really supporting doctors and clinicians in their work doing oncology. And the other half of the business, roughly, is focused on taking all of that data and not anonymizing it and making it HIPAA compliant and then making it available for research. So partnering with life sciences and biopharma companies to help them use and learn from all of this real-world data to advance the state of the art in cancer care. Additionally, we've recently um, started working a lot more in the clinical research space. So I also have team members who are in the uh, work focused on clinical research and rethinking how what the infrastructure of clinical trials is. Um, and there's some really interesting new products and developments in that space as well. But my team spans uh, across all of those different parts of the business. And I think what really unifies the team is a sense of data empathy. So in, in thinking about data transformations and architecting data pipelines or building models, always having kind of line of sight to, you know, how do these transformations, how does building something in a certain way or aggregating data in a certain way impact insight? Right. So I think it's kind of different than maybe classical like software engineering, which is a lot more focused on, on building for scale and efficiency and robustness. And of course, that's incredibly important as well. But really, we're laser focused on, on like how to think about data in an empathetic way and always think about, okay, what kind of insight does this generate? And having said that, it's a fairly broad team. So I think we've gotten in like an increased amount of specialization. So there are folks who are really 
just working on machine learning models now. And we've had more and more people who have a background in NLP in particular, and then also other folks who are focused more on kind of product analytics and learning from usage to inform product strategy and business decisions. There's also people who are really focused on surfacing insights to customers, right? So doing like data reporting so that our customers can learn from how they're interacting in particular on the healthcare side of the business, how getting insights from their usage of Onco EMR, which is our, our software. You are listening to the Aldis Podcast. When you're looking to scale your team, or if you are interested in showcasing your company in a future episode, reach out today. Or if you're in the market for a new role, visit our website to view open positions, www.aldis.com. I think it's been nearly two years since we had Flatiron last on the show, and, and you've been there this entire time working in, in various roles. You're now head of data science. Can you talk to us about some of the developments that have happened at Flatiron and the industry as a whole over the last two years? I know you and I were talking about some exciting and interesting publications, but just how, how much progress has been made in this field over the past two years? So I think Flatiron has, from the beginning, been really interested in the potential of machine learning and AI. But I think in the early days of the company, it was, it became clear pretty quickly that ML wasn't really up to where it is right now. So big things like large language models were not around when the company was founded. Furthermore, I think there was also a recognition and that we really needed to have incredible labels in order to train ML models. So Flatiron assembled a clinically trained abstraction workforce that has been the core of the way they've been building their research products for biopharma companies. So we have this team of amazing clinical abstractors that have been manually working to zoom out a little bit. There's basically an enormous amount of really valuable information that's in unstructured documents. So while we capture a fair amount of structured information at the point of care, there's also really rich data about patients and their experience that it lives only in an unstructured form. So our abstractors go through and look at these unstructured documents and from that produced structured data sets, which can be then used for research. So that's kind of like how Flatiron has been producing its research data sets historically and has gained a reputation as having the best quality data available for research. I think right now we've seen that ML has really gotten to the point where we can build incredibly performant models that we feel comfortable having researchers use. Because there's, I think, throughout Flatiron, there is rightly so a lot of concern that we're getting things right and not leading, not selling anything that doesn't feel clinically valid. And I think for me, definitely one of the most exciting things has been working with oncologists and really thinking with, thinking closely with them about what is fit for use in terms of data quality. But to get back to the main question. So recently, I think one of the really exciting developments is that we have seen that machine learning has gotten to a place and the technology that's been built out at Flatiron has gotten to a place where we feel really excited about um, the models that we have and the data that they produce. And I think that the big unlock here is that this 
has the potential to really radically scale our data sets. And for me, that's one of the real motivators at this company. It's why one of the main reasons I wake up every day is thinking about how much more data we can unlock and how much more of the patient journey we can understand. Because ultimately, when I think about the future of medicine, I think there is an increased movement towards personalization and personalization is personalized medicine is incredibly exciting from the point of view of making the most effective and most tolerable treatments available for every different patient profile. But there's a big question I have, which is the future of medicine will be personalized, but for who? And I think what scale unlocks by expanding to Flatiron's full 3 million patient database is really the ability to personalize medicine for everyone and not just for the kind of traditional targets of clinical trials. Um, so that's super exciting for me. And I think that we're now along the way to learning more about patients and learning about more different kinds of patients. Will, I want to now get your take on making that transition from a completely different industry into working with really critical healthcare data. A lot of people will listen to this and be interested in the work and curious, but have questions about their own background if they're not coming from a, a scientific or a life sciences field. As somebody who's successfully made the transition and now head of the group, could you give us some insight into what you learned making the switch yourself, what challenges you faced, and maybe dispel some of the myths that are out there of people thinking you must have some type of scientific background to work on this level of healthcare data? A lot of the core technologies are the same, right? So like, I think there's a lot of excitement about things like bird and hugging face, like all throughout the machine learning world. And there is that those are really important technologies in healthcare as well. And just natural language processing. For me, I, I think, as I said at the beginning, I love thinking about the ways that math and computation relate to other disciplines. So I was, I was just excited about learning a lot from oncologists. I think generally like having a learning mindset is a really <laughs> good way to go into anything, but especially like good way to, it, for me, it was like the way that really helped me engage with this totally new field. I also think actually, so when I w was hired into this role, I was hired by Christine Hung, who was actually my a co a colleague of mine at Spotify. And she was actually like, it's great that you don't come from health tech because you have a totally fresh perspective. And I think I found that to be true. One of the things that's interesting is like the scale of data at a place like Spotify is enormous, right? It's actually kind of radically different than the scale of data, I think at Flatiron and maybe many other health tech companies, which means that actually like having some level of familiarity with the infrastructure that is required at like an, a real, a true big data company has actually been really useful in, in understanding how machine learning infra works at Flatiron. I think the other thing that was really interesting to me was the level of conversation around performance metrics. I think that coming from like a more product, the ML context, like AB testing is what everyone thinks about in, in evaluating like whether or not, um, a product or really like an algorithm is useful. I, I mean, there's, there will be some discussion of like classical things like F1 score, but you're really, it's like the AV test is gold standard. Um, 
in terms of understanding whether it, an approach or a, a paradigm was like the right one to take. But it, at Flatiron, I can say that the level of discussion about precision and recall that like I was in day one kind of thrown into was something I'd never experienced before. And it's because you're talking about patients and really like when you're, when you're missing patients, when you're misclassifying patients, it's, there is a weight that <laughs> is very different than whether or not someone likes their next recommendation. Like the stakes are much higher. And that was just fascinating to me. It was fascinating to, to be part of those conversations and also to be working with oncologists and epidemiologists discussing like ML performance in a totally different way. Well, final question from me then. Now that you sit at the head table overseeing the strategy and managing the various teams, you've got a high level view of the continuous growth and investment in people, which Flathard has always been renowned for. When you look at the roadmap for the next 12 to 24 months, where do you see Flathard's data and AI team growing? What opportunities are there going to be for people to come on board and join you on this journey? There's a number of different areas that are really growing and expanding. Certainly a, a lot of what I mentioned around like using NLP to more, more deeply understand our full patient population and more about them is only kind of picking up speed every day. We're also, as I mentioned in the clinical trial space, my team is working both on the kind of using novel ML methods to identify patients for clinical trials. And also working a lot on new products, prototyping new products and also analyzing them and learning from product analytics to inform product strategy in that space. On the healthcare side, I think we're also definitely starting to think a lot more about how machine learning can support doctors at the point of care. Recently, we published a paper on a product that we have developed mainly with our academic partners to help them identify when patients are at risk of going to the ER. Um, so this was the paper with published in, in nature was a collaboration with the Huntsman Cancer Institute, and it was helping them with their Huntsman at home program, which basically identifies when a patient is likely going to need to go to the ER so that Huntsman can go and intervene before that happens. Cause a trip to the ER is not only really dangerous for patients. It's of course expensive for, for everyone. So that's a really exciting development. Recently also Flatiron Assist, which is another product we have, helps doctors understand concordance between patient profiles and regimens. Um, and that's been picking up a lot of steam. So I think folks in my team are involved both in analyzing those products and helping um, build out analytics to inform product strategy and will increasingly be involved in ways that machine learning can support them to help doctors do their job it, while wasting the least amount of time so they can focus on most critical tasks. Amazing. Will, thank you so much for coming on today and talking to us. It's great to learn about your own background and your journey to where you are now as the head of data science at Flatiron. Always great to hear about the amazing work that Flatiron Health is doing in using data science and AI to help doctors tackle cancer. And the, the growth of the company over the past two years has been phenomenal. You guys are making a, a lot of inroads into this and I'm very excited to hear what you guys have, will have accomplished in another year to two from now when we get you back on the show. So thank you so much for your time today. Thanks so much. It was great to be here. 
thanks for listening to this episode of the Aldis Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and any Android podcast of choice. You can also head over to our website, www.aldis.com, to listen to more podcasts, view our open roles, and stay up to date with industry news. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for more great episodes coming very soon.